0: On today's edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, we are going to be looking back at what we spoke about the Florida Panthers' organizational philosophy during the offseason versus how it's resulting now, and the shakeup, of course, with the personnel. We are also going to be talking about the chances of the Panthers being part of a winter classic game or stadium series, and we're going to continue to focus on the Arizona Coyotes. We're going to discuss that more here on the Locked On Florida Panthers Podcast. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into to this Tuesday, January 3rd edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Where your team every day. Thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Valera. You can follow me on Twitter at Monoman12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. Don't forget to also subscribe to the other shows on the Lockdown NHL Network, including Lockdown NHL, Lockdown Fantasy Hockey with Flip Livingstone and Steele Ronan. And you can listen to Heidi Kalakash to cover everything World Juniors related at Lockdown NHL prospects. And don't forget to also submit your subscription to the Lockdown Florida Panthers YouTube channel by sending in your screenshot of that and a five-star rating on whichever podcast app you listen to Lockdown Panthers for your chance to win two free tickets to the Florida Panthers versus Vancouver Canucks game on January 14th. So good luck, everybody. So... I had a lot to think about with just the direction of this team. And I just, when you talk about everything that's gone wrong with the offense generating early defense, not being the problem in the beginning, then once the offense started scoring goals, they were getting some power play opportunities. Sam Reinhart was starting to get going later. On the season, then the defensive woes started showing up. The goaltenders being so up and down as they are, which now both Sergey Bobrovsky and Spencer Knight are both at GAAs of three on the season for both of them. And just talking about and thinking about just how everything is put in place and just the organizational philosophy that Bill Zito specifically went into this offseason. We on the outside, of course, spoke about this was a step back season for the Panthers. We're living through it. They still expect to win. We, we still expected them to be in at least a wild card race or even top three in the division, third spot mostly. A lot of national writers or national broadcasters as well butch did not have uh the panthers making the the postseason steve levy had the florida panthers as the stanley cup champions and this was one of the hardest teams as well to put your finger on even for myself this was a hard team to put your finger on and the boston bruins are another one too (laughs) right before the season because of the success that the panthers had with 58 wins franchise record only 18 regulation losses with the panther with now the panthers have 18 regulation losses this season tied the amount of all of last season you kind of wonder when it comes to the coaching hire about what was the thought process of paul Maurice. and listen i was warming up to the idea of paul Maurice. i will it's documented from the summer we had a Wyand's Wednesday edition of that show where Jacob and I were like being more warm to the idea of Paul Maurice being the coach because the experience factor. But then you start to think about why he's lasted so long at his stops too. And the conclusion I'm just trying to come up, not come up with, but to think about why is maybe an, abil- an ability to, to finesse and because he's so process oriented as a, as a, as a, as a person and how he talks about the game about l- listen, after his, after the Panthers practiced on Monday, he spoke about how the Panthers didn't give up many even strength shots. He said nine, the rest of the way after, after the first five minutes, On Sunday against the Rangers where there was 11 shots on goal between even strength and power play just about, and talking about how certain players were starting to generate chances, high danger spoke mostly about Brandon Montour, but there's also the transition games completely, completely gone or for the most part gone. And with Anthony Duclair looking to return, How much will he fit into this? Because as far as the Panthers trapping stuff in the neutral zone and generating speed, they've struggled. And again, I have a zero expectations approach with Anthony Duclair coming off an Achilles injury. The ability for you to get your first step. And again, going back to Maurice, process oriented, at least from what we hear. And just the ability to finesse and listen. Bill Zito, I was in the press box last season at Amelie Arena and seeing him chat with other people. He's very passionate when he talks, period. He's always moving his hands a lot, too, and just very animated. He's a very animated person, uh, even with the cameras off. Um, I I was not listening into the conversation. I was a little far away, but I did see him about how animated he was. And I believe that's really more of what his persona is. I mean, when the Matthew Kachuk trade happened, he was very passionate about it. But what about Palm race? Uh, about talking about how he likes certain things about the Panthers, his game, despite loss after loss after loss. And then Bill Zito in the off season, even prior to even rewinding two months ago, talking about how he, the the very first time that he spoke on the phone with Paul Maurice during the interview process is that conversation lasting 10 hours. And I thought about this more because my Wednesday guest host, Jake Winans, he posted out a tweet shortly after the loss to the New York Rangers. And this is what it says, quote, Bill Zito is a good GM but he is inexperienced. Paul Maurice is a bad coach, but he is very experienced. It's become clear that the experienced man knows how to give a great interview and knew all the right things to say to inexperienced Zito. He got a job and he should not have close quote. I don't believe in, I don't believe the tweet 100% would, um, Jacob, uh, Don't agree with every single thing he said about him being a bad coach. I don't think Paul Maurice is a bad coach. I do think that Paul Maurice, for this franchise, was dealt a pretty hard hand. But there's a reason why his message got old in multiple places. Let's not let's let's realize that the the team that he got fired from in 2006, the Carolina Hurricanes, they won the Stanley Cup that same season. Under Peter Laviolette, couldn't get the best out of a group, but he knew how to he knew how to sweet talk people, and even myself too. I'm 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 a I'm a victim of that too because during the offseason he was saying all the right things. Of course, there's so much uh, there's so much energy as well with the with this Panthers team coming off 100, 122 points. President's trophy, first round series win for the first time in 26 years, whether Br- Brunette should have had a chance or not. Then here comes the interview process, and here comes a guy who knows how to talk to GMs and knows how been there, done that, and knowing how to, and whenever it comes to an interview, if the people if the person get is getting interviewed fires back with a lot of questions to the person originally doing the interview, you're doing it right. Ch- and chances are that's what Paul Maurice did during his interview. He always referred it back to, I would do this. What would you probably do this? And 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 ask him questions to make him think a little bit more about things that he saw when he wasn't the coach just yet. That And also when you're a GM, and you're just focusing on your team, you only see so much from a certain lens. But when someone on, on the outside comes and observes your team, the observations and that Bill Zito probably received, were like, huh, I probably never thought of it that way. And that's what comes with the experience of Paul Maurice as, as a coach. And gave him that ability to finesse Bill Zito, the inexperienced guy. And this is where Jacob's tweet about Paul Maurice kind of makes sense with bringing in the coach and with with a guy who's only in his third year being the GM of this team. And listen, Bill Zito brought the Panthers from... Middle of the pack to Stanley Cup contender to, as of right now, back to the middle of the pack. Still think the long-term for the Panthers, as far as cap use, is is in good hands. But depending on how far you miss the postseason... And banking on the cap room to make something happen, there will be l- very little margin for error next se- next season for this Cats team. And That's a scary place to be. Which right now you again you'll need at least two thirds of the points the, the rest of the way to to play 700 hockey. We're almost literally at the halfway point. 38 games played, 36 points. And you don't listen. The expectations will be gone of Stanley Cup contender next season. But the expectation the the first five games of next season, if you get off to a good start, a bad start, excuse me, those fire Maurice chance from from the fans will be even louder. And I don't agree. I don't agree with the fire Maurice chance. Now I do think this is a two season minimum experiment for the Panthers um, unless they really fall early and we also got to think about that. There was a shakeup really in the, in the, in the, in the locker room too. And how much, how much is that received well too? And well, let's talk about more of that, the, the shakeup and just about how how people how the players are receiving each other too let's talk about that in segment number two but first we're going to tell you all about bet online and battleline.net is your number one source for sports betting info stats news and analysis get all the latest odds trends in every professional amateur league out there from pro football college bowl season to basketball uh, and hockey we've got it all at bet online and if you love sports podcasts you can find those at bet online as well We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your sports betting info head to the website today or use a mobile device to learn more Battle line is where the game starts. Back on this second segment here on the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast on this Tuesday, Jan- January 3rd edition of the show. And Palmaris is a very, it's it's easy to point the finger at him. But let's not forget also the guy that hired him too. And just the shakeup con- of a 115 point score in Jonathan Huberto, bringing in Matthew Kachuk. But it's not just to play on the ice. Matthew Kachuk individually is a treat. Having a great individual season. There's so many individual seasons that are on the Panthers that you could point to and say, hey, this guy's playing well, this guy's playing well, but the cohesion. Let's talk about the cohesion. And leadership, too. Of course, long term, the goal is to build both about, around Kachuk and Barkov, those two. Those are likely just the two untouchables even going into this offseason. Whether you are able to move an Ekblad and a Bobrovsky right now it's and during the season, very unlikely. But we know what's being built. What's what you're at least what you're supposed to build around, but you also got to ask yourselves, and this is what what I asked myself as well how much of that behind the scenes chemistry is there? It was a lot easier for the message to be received with Huberto around, of course, he had been with the organization for. Ten plus years was part of a playoff series four or five years ago. Well, actually, that's 2016 was seven years ago. Hard to believe, <laughs> but the the fact that older veteran, at least he, at, at least if he was still on the team, he'd be that older veteran who had been around the block. Versus Kachuk, who recently was coming off a pretty poor second round series against the Edmonton and the Oilers, to put it nicely, despite getting 104 points, being a 40 goal scorer. But also to think about him and his desire to not be in Calgary. If he was going to sign a one-year deal and become a UFA and then choose... His destination Calgary didn't want any of that. They wanted to get the biggest return possible. And his desire to not want to be there changes so many people's lives too. And it's not to say that it was a bad trade. I still don't think it's a bad trade. But you also just got to think about a 24-year-old kid still. He's still a kid. Very young. And we love the attitude. We love the him being in front of the net and Pissing people off. We love it as fans. And, of course, the attitude that he brings to the team. But how is that received with the other guys, with the new guy being in town? And coming in and doing all that. And the cohesion with with everything. Every, the, the flash is great. He, I mean, he's leading the team with points, too. This is the first time I've said this on the show, but him having the mouthpiece chewed up as a fish hook is like Stephen Curry in the NBA. You always see Stephen Curry have that mouthpiece fish hooked on him, especially when he's taking a free throw. Matthew Kachaka, all the time you see that. And it does bring a little bit of a intimidation factor to the opposition. But as far as like working together with your teammates how much is that of that is there behind the scenes and yeah you're not going to be liked by everybody you're you're just not going to that's the truth you don't have to like your teammates you just don't and this is no reporting this is just just trying to think about why this team hasn't just put it together and the fact that it's something new with a, with a new player coming in. He is a, he is a unicorn in my opinion and Bill Zito's opinion as well. He's a, he's a rare find, but how much of that grittiness that we've all been hyping up with all off season, which the hype is very much there and valid. What is, how is that received in the locker room versus how they talk to each other? And how they discuss just philosophies of when they do hit the ice with Huberto. Of course, we spoke about this in the short term. They probably would have had a better record this year, but again, how 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 that contract ages consistently a question that i'm gonna ask myself and as of right now as as of right now there's neither the neither of the teams are looking like they're gonna win win this trade i haven't looked at calgary's record uh recently but they were out of the playoffs uh last time i checked They're third in the pacific just two two above the wild card in in the pacific but to, um, excuse me, one point ahead of Seattle, and Seattle has three games in hand. So that that's a that's a trade on the national level that really hasn't been spoken about recently. Of who's going to win the trade, who's going to lose the trade, but we also got to think about how is he received as well. It's just something to just think about me as a person who watches this game as a fan, not always being around the room, which I will be around tomorrow uh, as I will be attending morning skate and then covering Panthers coyotes from the press box tomorrow. I'll, I will be in person just and I want to see I, w- I want to get more of what the vibe is whenever I do hear the team talk because there's only so much that you could feel on TV, but I do want to get that feeling of like what and how it's received when in the actual setting. And that's something that I'm going to approach with tomorrow. And just, and like I said, your brain doesn't even fully develop until you're 25 too. Maybe For some people, maybe even later. So I'm not saying that Kachuk has to calm it down by any stretch of the imagination. Maybe maybe when he does get in front of the the blue paint and on the doorstep about, about hacking at goalies. Of course, we saw that with John, him and Jonathan Quick uh, back in November. Just maybe that, at least on the ice. But I can't necessarily say he has to tone it back behind the scenes or anything because I don't know how it's received. Or, or, and they're not going to throw him under the bus. But it's just something to ask yourself. How is it received? How is he coming across to his teammates? We like it. But do his teammates like it? Did they like just the quiet leader in Barkov? And to a certain extent, Huberto? Huberto, Huberto has plenty of personality, but he's, as far as being animated, of course, it doesn't compare to Kachuk. Did the players see that as he came in, that they got a little bit of a bad vibe? I don't know, but it's something just to continue to ask ourselves. In segment number three, we are going to be discussing the possibility of the Florida Panthers being part of a, of a stadium series slash winter classic game, and we're going to continue having an eye on the Arizona Coyotes. We're going to discuss that next year on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Third and final segment here on this Tuesday, January 3rd edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. And this is one of the coolest days in... Sports just with the Rose Bowl game going on, which is currently going on as I'm recording this at 6.53 p.m. on a Monday night. The Winter Classic, of course, many college football games and, of course, the NHL schedule, which thankfully the Winter Classic had its own time slot and Fenway Park hosting it. And listen, I've been to Fenway Park once for a baseball game back in 2016, sat in right field. It's an obstructive view for a baseball game. I can't even imagine a Winter Classic game. And personally, for Fenway Park, really the only the really the fact that it's Fenway Park is is the fact that they got that game. But the views are just really really obstructive, and I don't and I personally don't think it makes for a good experience as far as being able to see the game. But as but of course, watched it on TV, um low scoring game, Jake debrusque uh, scores two goals in the last period, which still, the Boston Bruins still haven't lost the regulation game at home. And how funny would it have been if their first regulation loss came in the Winter Classic at Fenway Park. But that didn't happen, so whatever. but only three teams have still yet to play. The Winter Classic or a Stadium Series game, an outdoor game. Those are the Florida Panthers, Columbus Blue Jackets, and Arizona Coyotes. the The Florida Panthers and the Coyotes are not surprising. Columbus is a little surprising. Not going to lie. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you could get them put to play in Ohio State Stadium and have them play against detroit or chicago even it'll be have to be a big market team as the road team as far as being able to market the event as well and the nhl always looks at what is going to get the most eyeballs And this year was that year to do it, honestly, with the Florida Panthers coming off a President's Trophy season. Carolina Hurricanes are hosting a Stadium Series game next month. And I was thinking, please let it be the Panthers. Please let it be the Panthers. Unfortunately, no, it's going to be the Washington Capitals. And Ovechkin's pretty marketable. And with the season that the Panthers are having, don't bet on the Panthers having uh, an outdoor game next year. The Heritage Classic is going to be a Battle of Alberta in October. That's going to be fun. Winter Classic next year is going to be Vegas versus Seattle, the two expansion teams at T-Mobile Park where the Seattle Mariners play. That's going to be pretty awesome, not going to lie. But what are the chances of the Panthers ever do an outdoor game? Number one, they'd have to win multiple playoff series. Number two, have to be a road game. And even the Tampa Bay Lightning, who have won two Cups in the last three years, even their outdoor game, they they had to be on the road for theirs. Weather is a factor, too. So the cards, as far as the Winter Classic, are stacked against the Panthers when it comes to an outdoor game. It's even stacked up against the, their rival up in the golf course. Because you're taking a risk hosting at Raymond James if the Bolts ever had a game because of the ice possibly melting. It had to be at night, of course. They're not gonna do it during the daytime in Florida. And let's be real, the, the Trop, Tropicana Field, dump. Even though that's their old venue and it's fully domed, so it defeats the purpose of a outdoor of an outdoor game. The Panthers. You would be taking a big risk if you ha- held at Hard Rock Stadium. And if you do, if they do ever host, you'd have to try to do it at Marlins Park. Well, Lone Depot Park. And have the option to close the roof if the ice melts in, in a, in a primetime slot. It has to be a primetime slot. But then even with the closed roof, that defeats the purpose of an outdoor game. It's supposed to be an outdoor game. <laughs> so I can only really talk about it from the Panthers' perspective of things. Geographically, the NHL is already, as, as far as compared to the four major sports, the lowest revenue generating league in North America of the four of the four major ones it takes a lot of money to put a ring together an event together to market it to get the local sponsors as well national sponsors how much are they willing to risk bring it to Marlins Park and again you have to be relevant for multiple multiple seasons that's really the reason why Tampa Bay got theirs. They've won. So the Panthers would have to be on the road. If they do. I would love more. Than a. I would have loved that Florida Panthers Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, stadium series game. I would have loved everything about that. It former, former division rivals too. From the Southeast Division. And then that one season in the central division during the fifty-six game season. Or even Nashville, like um at, at Nissan Stadium where the Titans play. That would be another one. I don't know what if the Panthers would do Panthers versus Blue Jackets in a stadium series game. Cause again, they're trying to market this 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 league and market the players. Of course, Barkoff and Patrick Lane, two fins who are great friends, and of course, people in Finland would watch. But franchise success has a lot to do with it too. So it seems as if the cards are a little bit stacked against the Panthers as far as an outdoor game. And I I don't, I'm not counting on one. If you win, if you win more, then, then we could start thinking about one, and we could start mentally preparing. But don't expect one, Panther fans. Panthers play the Arizona Coyotes tonight. Like I said, I'll be there in person, and it's going to be my first game in person since opening night against the Philadelphia Flyers. And again, like we spoke about with Alex Slump of Full Press NHL. This Coyotes team is not one. it's They're not as much of a doormat as they were last season. And they started out fast. Even recently when they were in Tampa Bay, got off to a two nothing lead on the road against Tampa Bay. And remember, comeback cats isn't a thing this year. It's just not the way this team is built and the way this team is coached. So you really, really got, got to... Make sure that they don't score early. And with last season, with, excuse me, the last matchup doubling the amount of shots as well. That last one was just as frustrating as a loss as, as can be. Kurova Malko was awesome. Colin White had the only goal in that game. It, shots on goal 42 to 21. And... Arizona has even defeated Toronto twice and there's a stat actually about a consecutive streak of the Arizona coyotes going into Toronto and getting at least a point. I don't know what that number is, but it's a big streak. It's like over 10 games. So this is not an easy game for the Panthers by any stretch of the imagination and the Arizona coyotes have also been the Boston Bruins too at home too. They played a lot more road games, of course, uh, with their arena situation. They went the full month of November, mostly, not being at home. So they've gotten used to being on the road this season. And that team has every reason to be tired, but they're not making an excuse. Bill Armstrong has come out and said that it's brought a little bit of an excitement that these guys have been able to have to be together and get along and they're playing for each other and they're still going to trade Jacob chicken sometime. Of course, they're still waiting for the right package. Of course, he's returned. uh, And he's and of course, GMs are very hesitant to uh, trade for him right now because of his injury history. And this is something that Elliot Freeman keeps bringing up on 32 Thoughts that I kind of roll my eyes every single time I hear it. And he says that if the Panthers had the draft capital to make a trade for Jacob Tricker they would have done it by now. But they don't have that. So even entertaining anything in relation to that, of bringing the South Florida kid back home, is just a waste of energy, honestly. we we're going to enjoy this guy and and his homecoming and all that stuff but as far as the possibility to for him to come over, over to sunrise it's just not in the cards especially with the trade deadline that they had last year you erase that possibility completely uh with with with, with pulling that off and The direction of the, and like like I've spoken about many times, the flat cap in these last two, three seasons, sellers can manipulate the hell out of buyers to give their, their first round picks, which GMs are very hesitant to because this upcoming draft is considered a very strong draft. So Panthers won't be able to add because of where they are and the amount of LTIR money that they have committed to. <laughs> but we don't even know where they're going to even subtract if this trend continues to go on. I mean, even if they win, even if they go on their first three-game winning streak in these next three games, which will bring them at 41 games and 42 points on the season, if even if and they have a pace of the first half of that season, of the first half of the season into the second half, you'll finish with 84 points on the season. And you'll be out of the playoffs by more than 10 points, more than likely. And that's even with ending the first half as far as the amount of games on a three game winning streak. Not a place you wanna be very hard place to be. And right now for the Florida Panthers, we are in reevaluation mode. Every single game. Where where is the direction? Where is the how do we forecast what this team is going to do at the trade deadline and the offseason? And we'll know more once this month ends, that's for sure. But there's also we also ask, we have to ask ourselves, was December, was December the month that really ended the Panther season? And that's a podcast episode for another day. And I guess that will change more whether they win or lose, depending on what kind of streak they go on, whether it's losing, a losing streak or a winning streak. We'll evaluate then. And, and at least that thought. But of course, we're consistently reevaluating this team right now, and you just got to start by winning one. It's 82 one-game seasons as Jeff Merrick of Sportsnet says. So, just focus on this one game season on Tuesday. And it's a team that, on paper, you should, you should, but this team is, but the Arizona Coyotes are not a doormat that you can just run over especially after the the teams that I listed that they defeated. So on tomorrow's edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, it'll be a Winans Wednesday edition of the show. We'll be breaking down the Florida Panthers matchup versus the Arizona Coyotes. And we'll be discussing then whether it could be a step in the right direction of a team that they should beat, or will this be another loss? against a team you should beat? We'll, we'll, we'll find out. We'll find out tomorrow. <laughs> and lo, lots of questions to be answered if the, if the latter is the case. But in the meantime, if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast and be notified every single time the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Make sure to subscribe to the other shows on the Lockdown NHL Network, including Lockdown NHL and Lockdown Fantasy Occery, Philip Livingstone and Steve Oden. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, make sure to check out Locked On NHL Prospects, your daily podcast covering the next generation of hockey superstars leading up to the NHL draft. Locked On NHL Prospects is available on YouTube, Odyssey, and wherever you get podcasts. Sir Wanda-Velez, signing off. And you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're your team. Every day.